Hey everybody, welcome to the Atheist Experience Live. It is Sunday, November 10th, 2013. I'm Matt Dillahoney. Joining me, Martin Wagner. Hello. How are you? I am well. How are you? Good. Yeah. I didn't bother to ask you. There was things were so hectic before we started. If you had a topic that you wanted to talk about before we actually went to call. I, I don't actually, but it's been a couple of months since I've been on, so I'm eager to be back and happy to be back and ready to talk to folks. Cool. So, yeah, I've had yeah. quite a bit of time off with traveling and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, Russell does the show and uh, other people Pretty have... Much. Have been here, and I was. I managed to get in last week for a little bit. Uh, I won't be here next week. Mm-hmm. I'll actually, uh, speaking in Houston to a local group. All right. Um, so it'll be kind of my week off. But uh, that is picking up. Your schedule is picking up. No, it's actually I'm I'm done for the year pretty much. This is the, this is the last thing. Oh, well, that's good. Other that's than really, you know, yeah. we take a Christmas trip. I don't know why I'm telling all you this. You don't care about any of this because it's fascinating. Is it fascinating? Everything about your life is fascinating. You know, this including morning, that one thing. That one thing. Yes. This morning when I was taking a shower. No, mm. there's no point in talking about any of that stuff. I so know. anyway, this is the Atheist Experience. We're live. It's Sunday, uh, just like always, from 4:30 to 5:30 p.m on our public access cable channel and streamed live to the world over the internet. To the world. To the world. We have found out that we are, are, are streaming in Afghanistan and Kuwait, apparently. We have been informed. Which is awesome. That this is, yes. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get calls from there. Mm. We've gotten calls from pretty much everywhere, which is nice. But I guess if Largely, you didn't have yeah. anything specific you wanted to get to, uh, apart from mentioning that after the show's over, we get together and go to Threadgill's 301 West Riverside Drive there. Um, I guess we can go straight to calls. We can, yes. Cool. All right, we got uh, Sam in Evansville, Indiana. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Not bad. All right. Uh, so my question is, and this comes from a conversation with a friend that I met at primetime. I don't know if you guys are acquainted with Campus Outreach. Campus Outreach is, as oh. opposed to like Campus Crusade for Christ. There's another one. Yeah, is this like a, very, a separate very similar, thing? but they are separate organizations. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Right. I, I think uh, I think I might have heard of it, but I mean, it's, right now everything's fuzzy. But yeah, prime time uh, is essentially evangelism on campus. It happens in the largest forum. I went one night uh, because I saw a bunch of people going, and so I met this guy there. We've become good friends, and uh, we went to uh, a, like a retreat with prime time. And on the way there and on the way back, we talked the entire time about. Uh, the arguments for theism and atheism, and uh, what they ultimately <coughs> came down to was that it's a faith thing, and uh, that atheists exist ultimately to glorify God. And I wanted to know if you guys had come across this claim. Uh, if not that in particular, uh, by proxy, that you will convert many people one day. Oh, sure. I mean, it's... Yeah, variations of that. I, I get email from time to time basically saying that people have had a, uh, a word directly from God that he's going to reveal himself to me and do a powerful work in my life, and then I will convert back to Christianity and just save multitudes. I, I, 
I hear that from time to time. Um, I can't say it's false because I'm not dead yet, but um, I, I don't see any likelihood that it's actually going to happen. Um, to me, it's yet another in a long line of, uh, I believe what I believe and I can't possibly wrong, and so I'm going to try my best to rationalize these things that don't fit in my little model of not being wrong. Uh, so. Right, and and that's where I run into problems is that this very much so deals with the colorful lenses that you look through, and there are people that have died as atheists, uh, and you can name all kinds of famous people. You can say they did. Uh, the one that comes to mind for me is Darwin because I've heard that so many times, uh, the, the idea that he changed on his deathbed recanted, and uh, it's, it's said that he didn't. But uh, what gets to me is that I, I don't know if you guys have any retort to this, if you have any uh, argument, but I, I can't think of anything. Uh, it's, it, this is almost something that is MC Hammer, you can't touch this. I, you mean I you mean a retort to when they just tell you that sort of thing generally? Because my... Yeah, my it, it's one of the, sorry. well, when you're talking to them directly, you can just sort of go shrug, whatever, because you know what they're doing. It's, 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 it's either a defense mechanism, or what they're doing is they are attempting to sort of fit you into their narrative, because here you are, you're an atheist, and you are, generally speaking, you seem to be an all right, decent sort of guy. And this kind of goes against what they are taught, right? I mean, they, a lot of the indoctrination has to do with being told that without God in your life, your your life is meaningless and hopeless and miserable and and and, and bereft of any joy and, and type of satisfaction, etc., etc., etc. And yet, when and so when they see atheists just sort of getting along and doing all right, then they have to. I, I have been told many things like, you know, I I don't think you really are an atheist. I think that you're maybe just someone who was searching or looking, and it's some that kind of thing. Or, or um. You know, God, exactly as Matt said, God is uh, just going to work some kind of special miracle in your life, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, well, would you care to, you know, how do you know that? And uh, and why wouldn't it be just the same sort of thing that he worked on you in the same way? If it, uh... So it's, I think it's just them trying to reconcile things in their own mind. They've been taught a certain thing. Reality is showing them something else, and they're trying to fit it all in. So you, you asked, you know, what, what's a retort or response to this? And I hear, I get this a lot. Actually, I got a couple of emails and a message over Facebook from people who were like, oh, I was in a discussion with some theist and they said this, and I'm wondering how to reply to it. Um, first of all, there's the idea that Darwin had a deathbed conversion is pretty much debunked, but even if he did, so what? What does that mean? I mean, Anthony mm-hmm. Flew was an atheist and uh, became a theist, a deist, prior to his demise, but, uh, you know, I don't know what that actually demonstrates or, or what the argument is there that somebody who is... And then apparently went back on his conversion in uh, exchange mail exchanges with Richard Carrier. Well, not on the deism thing, just yeah. just on aspects of it. But anyway, yeah. I, I don't know what, what that proves or what that means or why anybody would talk about it. But to quote a, uh, a dead atheist who definitely didn't have a deathbed conversion, Christopher Hitchens, that which can be asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. And so when you're looking for things to say back to them, uh, probably the best response is, why do you think that? You know, what, what reason do you have to think this is actually true? Please defend the ridiculous assertion you made. It's not up to you to find a way to debunk every little thing that everybody says on behalf of their religion. We'd never get anything done. I got an email yesterday that was basically a little wall of text about how the Bible is true and God is real and all this. And it was just a a parade of of wild assertions with nothing to back them up at all. Mm -hmm. 
So I didn't bother responding. Yeah, I mean, when, when they just want to preach at you, it's, it's content-free, essentially. They're reciting a script, and they're not really asserting anything that you can, that's meant to be discussed in a rational way. They're just giving you the sales pitch, and, and they want you to see the light. Give me the evidence. Give me the way to test the claim, mm -hmm. which, by the way, this guy with the wall of text did. He basically said, you know, if you get down and you're really sincere and you hit your knees and you ask <laughs> God to reveal himself to you, holy crap. Yeah. Uh, been there, done it, uh, believed for many, many, many years. Uh, don't believe anymore. Not my fault. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I definitely uh, understand what you guys are saying, and uh, thank you for your time. Sure. Um, uh, to go back to Martin's point on uh, people not believing that you're an atheist, I actually had that come across uh, yesterday evening with a conversation with my cousin, uh, and it seems like family members more than anybody want to deny the fact that you don't believe in their God. Yeah, uh, but, and you, you know where I find it most offensive? I hear this over and over again, and it just absolutely infuriates me. And that's if the person who's who's identifying themselves as an atheist is a teenager. They have family members who pull mm, this, yes. you're just going through a phase crap, yeah, or you're yeah. just rebellious. Um, you That's know, exactly I, what it was. I, I applaud exactly people. Yeah, Follow the evidence where it leads. You are, you know, your mind is going to accept things. Uh, hopefully you're accepting them for good reasons. Hopefully you're not being fooled. But if somebody, teenager, toddler, or whatever, tells you that they've considered this question, and they find no good reason to believe it and are therefore identifying as an atheist, and that's now their chosen label. How dare you come in and, oh, it's just a phase, or, mm -hmm. or pull the crap that Oprah pulled of, you know, well, I don't call you an atheist then because atheists can't experience awe right. and wonder. Yeah. Well, I'm so in you... awe and wonder at the stupidity of saying things like that to people. Mm -hmm. Why you, would you, you try to rob people? You of the don't label? fit into my prejudice, <laughs> therefore, yeah. I ha instead of getting rid of the prejudice, which, which is the lesson I should take from this conversation, I'm simply going to make an excuse to keep the prejudice and then rework you out of it. Plus, it's just it's, insulting to try is. to take away. Yeah. First of all, if you're trying to take away somebody's label, a label that they've ascribed to themselves, mm -hmm. you are. why would you do that? The only mm -hmm. reason you would have to do that is if you automatically assume something negative about the label. That's exactly No, no, it. no, don't feel so bad about yourself. You're not an atheist. Screw you. I'm an atheist and I'm happy about it. It's mm -hmm. not a bad label. It's one I'm going to, woo, I'm an atheist. Yes, and the problem is that it, to them, atheist do doesn't simply mean a person who does not believe in any gods. To them, atheist means bad person. That is what they've been taught to believe. And so when you come to them and you say, I'm, I am your son and I'm an atheist, they don't think, hmm, my son doesn't believe in God? This could be an interesting conversation. What, they're like, no, no, my son just told me he's a bad person. And he can't be because he's my son. Yeah. So I have to, oh, rationalizations, justifications, you know, mental gymnastics. Yeah. yeah, and in that sense, I think we need to do much of what the uh, the LGBT community has done, accepting the labels and changing them. And uh, I look forward to a day when people can say they're an atheist and not immediately be met with uh, mm -hmm. prejudice and even, but, uh And even yeah, more I, than that, I look forward to a day when nobody has to bother saying it. Yeah, when it becomes an obsolete and unnecessary term. Yeah, when religion that, has... even better. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't bother identifying myself as somebody who, who believes in a round earth. And it's because the flat earth idea yeah. is so completely preposterous and irrelevant, nobody yeah. even bothers with it. And I'd like to see religions go the way of flat earth ideas. I, yeah, and I don't have to be an, an ageocentrist. Yes. <laughs> anyway, All Sam, right. thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, man. thanks for your time. Cheers. <coughs> oh, my, the cow was actually covering the light. Muhammad, yes, our was sacred protecting cow. protecting our 
was protecting the Soft button so that I couldn't on. actually yes. uh, switch to it. So we've got um, John in Chicago. How are you? Yo, what's up, Matt? What's How's up? How's it going? Well, good. It's going pretty well. Cool. What's up, man? Uh, I guess my question was for you, Matt. Hold on. Let me take you off the speaker. Yeah, That'd be a good idea. Yeah, do that. Cause, yeah. yeah, is that better? A little bit better, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, my question was for you, Matt. Um, you said um, that you're a humanist, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yet, yet you believe that moral relativism is wrong. Yes. So as a humanist, where do you derive your moral standard? Um, from reason and empathy. Whose reason and whose empathy? Mine. Well, who's to say that you're better than Martin's? Me. Well, isn't that moral relativism? Nope. Moral relativism, in in the strictest philosophical terms, and the moral relativism that I reject, is the idea that something is in fact moral only because a society says so, that, so that each society can have their own moral ideas and they're all right. My position hmm. is that that's not actually true, that there are truths about how we interact on this planet that can be discovered and that people can, in fact, be wrong about morality. And, but only Matt knows them. No, no, no. You asked me what I use and, and what my basis is. Could I be wrong? Yes. The method for demonstrating the method for demonstrating that I'm actually wrong is to present argument and evidence that I'm actually wrong. Uh, I didn't proclaim that my views on morality were necessarily superior to Martin's. I, we were talking uh, in the context of what you were asking, and when right. you, you yeah, asked how I go about the, relativism. There's no moral relativism that I'm advocating. That's not moral relativism. The idea that I think I'm correct. Don't you, don't you think you're correct? I think you're incorrect. I, okay, I think okay, but that's not what I asked. Do you think you're correct? In which regard? Whatever. Pick something. Don't you think you're right about pretty much? I mean, if you, do you knowingly think that you're wrong about something and still maintain that position? Just as human beings, we tend to think that we're correct. Right. Right. And but, yet, and yet, we we are wise to recognize that we may in fact be incorrect. Right. Right. Okay. Which is relativism. No, I, I, I just explained to you what, what I was specifically rejecting with moral relativism. It has nothing to do with the fact that we're mm-hmm. recognizing I might be right. Yeah, I- accepting the possibility of being wrong is not the same thing as relativism. Relativism is the idea that everything, what's the word? Everything permitted, nothing is true, or something like that. It's, it's this whole idea, as Matt said, that you can, anyone can pretty much hold any view that they wish base it on anything whatsoever. It could have a good basis in, in reason and evidence, or it can simply be pie-in-the-sky wishful thinking. But if your answer is right to you, then, uh, and, and then you know, I'm, I'm right, relative. you're right, everyone else it's, is right. It's an, yeah. it's an appeal to individual truths, which yeah. I tend to reject. You see... Um, like morals? The, no, no. I'm talking about the, the idea that something could be true because it's true for you. That's not, that's, that's the thing that I'm actually rejecting. See, we're physical beings in a physical universe that obeys physical laws. And that means that there are truths to be discovered about the way we interact. Just as there would be for our physical health and our mental health, there are truths to be discovered about societal health and the health of relationships. 
um, and they're not just merely subject to opinion. It's not. You know, let's let's say genocide, for example. Sure. Is that relative? I just. You're not even asking questions that really make sense in the context of this conversation. What is it you want to know? Well, you claimed that you don't believe in moral relativism. Well, I believe there are people who believe in moral relativism. I'm saying that I do not accept the positions of moral relativism, that something is true merely because a society deems it so. And I asked you, where do you derive your morals? Which I've already answered. And then you asked something about genocide. So I'm trying to get to what you, what it is you want to know. <laughs> well, the point I'm making is you're contradicting yourself when you say that moral relativism is wrong. But then you say, well, my morals are derived from my own logic okay. and my own reasoning. My morals That's are derived relative to John, you. John, John, no, that, no it's not, uh, first of all. But my morals, when I say I use my own reasoning, it's because I don't have any choice but to use my own reasoning. My brain is the one that does the thinking for me. There's no other option. Everybody is stuck doing that. Now, that doesn't mean that the arguments and evidence that I've evaluated in a particular way, that there aren't additional arguments, better arguments, and other evidence that would then change my mind. This is not an assertion that every opinion I have is necessarily right because I have it. I haven't said anything remotely I like didn't that. say that. Well, that, that that's, that's the all. only way that you could say that I'm in, in contradiction is if I am no. asserting that my, my positions are correct because that would be the rough equivalent of moral relativism. Do you believe that morals exist? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, as, do you believe I, that... Um, as a concept, rape and murder is wrong or right either way. Do I believe there are truths to be discovered about those interactions? Yes. That doesn't mean morality is our evaluation of actions and the consequences of those actions with respect to values. Morality is about the welfare of thinking beings. It's not a thing that exists. It is a conceptual label that we put on evaluations of things. Hey, this is good. It's a this is conceptual not label. So it could be relative to my opinion or yours, right? Well, the thing that it's pointing to, the determination of whether or not this action improves or decreases the well-being of individuals, is not just a matter of opinion. It's not? No. 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 Why would it be? I mean, you... Your, your life is either better off or it's not. If the observable consequences of an action are that that action caused demonstrable harm, then that's not right. a matter of opinion, because you can see those results. So that's not opinion. If so the demonstrable results of an action so are that they that are beneficial, then you can observe those results. It's not opinion. Well, beneficial according to who and what standard is what I'm trying to it, it depends. ask you. It, it very much depends. One of the things, if it depends, then it's relative, Matt. Come no, on No, it's not, John. If you'd shut the hell up and let me finish my <laughs> sentence, you wouldn't look so stupid. I'm not looking it, stupid, but go ahead, sir. Yes, you are. When you interrupt me to say that it's relative in the middle of the explanation that's going to deaden... Well, John, you interrupt me one more time. I swear I'm going to hang up on your ass. Oh, that's what you do, man. So go ahead. Yes, you're right. It's what I do. Do you know why? Because you don't have an argument. You're contradicting yourself. 
No, how, how am I contradicting myself? You, you haven't even let me finish or explain. You just keep making assertions that what I'm talking about is relativism when I say it's not. What you don't seem to understand is that what I actually advocate is something called situational ethics, which is in no way relativism. Situational ethics. Situational ethics. That is the evalu evaluation of each situation on its own. Now, we can compare this, each situation, analogously to other situations in order to help make it easier to evaluate the moral truths about that situation. But each individual situation is, is, is on its own merits. There are, uh, what I, when I advocate for moral absolutes, I'm talking about with any particular situation, there is a finite set of possible actions. Some of these actions are better than others. Some of them are worse than others. The standard for better or worse are also applicable to that situation. And that means... According that, to who? Uh, would you let me finish... Who does it have to? Who does it have to be according to? I don't. I don't. That's know. what. I, that's what I'm trying to get at. You want to come back to this according to who thing? Let me ask you. A it's couple not of, it, the fact that you're going to an according to who is what demonstrates that you're wrong. It's not a who. Yeah. It's a what. It's because reality. I, I I know where you're trying to argue this from. You're trying to sort of argue from the position that uh, you know morality is some kind of authoritarian thing. But let me just ask you a very basic question. If you witness something occur, some sort of event, whatever it is, let's say it's an automobile accident. Let's say mm -hmm. it's a parade. Let's say it's a bunch of kids on a merry-go-round having a good time. Let's say it's a drive-by shooting. Whatever it is you witness, do you think that you yourself are capable of drawing a conclusion about whether what you just witnessed was a good thing or a bad thing, whether it was harmful or beneficial? Do you think that you can look at what you witnessed and say, that was awesome, or uh-oh, that's bad, maybe I should call the cops, or maybe I should get help? Are you capable of doing that? Yes, I am. All right. Well, then what's the problem? The problem isn't what we observe. It's how we morally feel about what we observe. But if your assessment of either the beneficence or the harmfulness of an action comports with reality, how is it a problem? I mean, if you, if you are capable of making... I didn't say it was a problem. Well, yeah, but you just said you did. You said the problem was in, in how we assess it. But how is it a problem? I mean, no, if, I if, you, if you think that you're capable of simply witnessing an action, deciding whether or not it is either good or bad, and then acting accordingly, either getting help or if it's needed or not, if it's not needed, if you think that you are capable of making the appropriate response to any kind of moral circumstance, how is this difficult to understand? How is it a problem? It it's not a problem. I All right, well then, fine. Works. Why are we talking? Because I mean, you get it, right? You're, you're capable argument, of you're Martin. capable of making that decision. You acknowledge that you are capable of witnessing an act and making an appropriate moral decision. Well, so are we. So is pretty much everyone. And in those I didn't cases, say you weren't. well, then fine. Why? Why? Why is why is this an issue uh, among theists? Why is this an issue really among anyone? I mean, if we understand that as a species that we're intelligent enough in order to get along with each other, that we know what's good for us and what's bad for us and what's good for each other and what's bad for each other, and that we're able to act upon that, fine. Then, I mean, it's all good. Well, I mean, let's live our lives. To start off with, he, he called in to say that because I'm a humanist and because uh -huh. I reject moral relativism, I'm therefore uh, in contradiction. And yet, you haven't in any way attempted to argue or establish that. Instead, you offer these uh, things that you claimed were contradictions, which actually aren't. Because the only, nah. thing, the only thing you need to be able to make a moral assessment is information about the action and its consequences 
and the value that you are comparing it to. That's it. Now, theists, right. theists will appeal to <clears throat> values that they uh, have invented from their Bible or their holy book or their personal uh, opinion about what God thinks. I, I have... I, I agree, it's wrong, you shouldn't do it. Uh, no, I, have, argument, I uh, have as a set of values, I have as a set of values, the facts about reality and about who we are. Now, which one would you rather be in, in line with? Well, first of all, what you said about theists is wrong. No, it's not. Or, uh, well, maybe not you, but others. So, no, so you, you said that theists get their morality from a book or they're made up God or they're made up I don't want to put words in your mouth. I said their opinions, their opinions about their ancient book or their opinions about what God thinks. Where where do they get it from, if not that? Their morality, their opinions on morality. Yes. Theists believe that all people share the same morality. Therefore, well, that's um, now hang on. All people share the same morality or the same views about morality, because clearly the latter isn't true. Say that again. So you you said first of all you say theists believe, and that's just absolutely absurd because theist is just a position of acceptance that there's a God. It says nothing about what you believe about morality. Theist and atheist would be the top level thing. So we'd have to talk about well, specific... biblical biblical theists. Ah, Christians. If you prefer. Mm-hmm. Christians. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm a Christian, so I argue my point of view. Sure. I believe that all people share the same objective morality. <laughs> What do you mean Mother's by that? Murder is wrong. What do you, rape is wrong. So, but there so are things that are objectively John, wrong. John, I'm asking, do you think that people share the same morality, or the same objective reality, oh. or that they have the same opinions? Because obviously people have different views about morality. Right. Okay. So what, well, we all exist that people are moral beings. What do you we mean by opinions. moral beings? We have opinions. What, what do you mean by moral beings? That we have opinions of actions, whether they're right or wrong. Okay, what I don't good or bad. Okay, sorry. Um, yes, I agree with you. We all have opinions about whether things are right or wrong. So what? I asked where you where, where you derive your morals from, in such a way that you're objecting to my position. My morals, I believe, are ingrained into me. I'm not saying that atheists Why, what do you don't have by, morality because it's also ingrained into them. What, what do you mean by ingrained into them? Because it could be that we agree. That we all agree that rape is wrong? I, I, I understand. There's no, there's no reason to come up with a specific example because you're going to find specific examples on which we agree and specific examples on which we do not agree. So well, it's probably better to talk about this at the top level Rather than specific examples. So, well, you had a call with G-Man that I saw where you said that slavery was absolutely wrong. Yes. You say that no matter what, slavery is wrong. Actually, what I've said many times is that I can think of no situation and no circumstances under which anyone could justify the owning of another human being as property. That doesn't mean that it doesn't necessarily exist, mm-hmm. uh, but I find it preposterous to think that it does. Just because um, there are uh, various evaluations of things doesn't mean that there aren't still absolutes for certain situations, and enough of them could be that there's no situation 
yeah. there's in only, which this is not immoral. There's only one that I've heard in a historical context. Which but is anyway, so is that yeah. your statement, Matt, that slavery is absolutely wrong no matter what? Do you stand by that statement? If you do, John, then... John, John, did you not just hear me? I just clarified this for you so that you would not pull up a silly little straw man about what my position is. And I also said that there's no reason for us to get into specific moral issues because we're going to find somewhere we agree and somewhere we disagree. What I've asked for is what is your moral foundation? How do you derive your moral views? I derive mine from faith that God created us all with the same moral code. Okay, um... That is what my, do you, what do you, I, I'm, first of all, I'm not going to accept any faith-based claims. And if you're going to say that there's something wrong with my position and your position is better because, um, faith, well, you failed. I didn't right? say that. You, I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I think you just did, John. You, yeah. you didn't just say that it was because of faith? I said that I have faith that God created us all. Okay. I did not say so I was what? better because I had faith in that. No, no, no. Okay. But you well, said that that was your basis. I, this is yeah, that's my basis. Okay, you, well, you don't think you don't you don't morality. think you don't think your your morals you don't think your moral views uh, your moral values are better. I think that we all have the same moral values. No, I we don't. Think that I can justify mine. No, we don't. Are you, you are you that. are you opposed to abortion? Yes, I'm opposed to abortion. I'm not. So clearly, we don't have the same moral values. Now, are you opposed getting, to getting back to this? So you've already made a claim that's flatly false that we don't all that, share. <laughs> Matt, if you say that, then you're admitting to moral relativism. No, I'm not. And the, no matter how many times you assert this, you're not going to get any closer to demonstrating it. And you're getting really close to ending the call. Yeah, because it's, it's not like you're, you're you're determined to continue to define moral relativism. I, I think simply by pointing to the fact that people can disagree on on moral precepts. And any time you see an example of someone disagreeing on a moral precept, you're like, oh, well, then there you go. It's moral relativism. But that's not what that means. See, and, and the, reason, the reason is we have a different view on this one issue. And the reason we have a different view on this issue is because I have specific values about people's worth and reality that are based in reality and based in evidence. And you, on the other based hand, on mass and reality. you know, based on the reality that I think that we all share. But you have faith that God has planted in your heart the correct view. No, I didn't say the correct view. Okay, so you think I God's you think God's morality. view is you think God's view is wrong? No, I don't. But and so you think God has planted his view of morality in your heart, right? Yes. I believe do that you it's think, morally wrong. John, 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 do you think that it's the correct view of morality, or do you think God is wrong? Do I think it's the correct view of reality? Oh, please. Uh, do you speak English? You think God put his morality in your heart. Do you think yes. it's the correct morality? Yes, I believe then it's why wrong did you to say that? Murder. Why did you challenge me on that when I just said that you believe God put the correct moral views in your heart? And you believe that you're lying John, if you, I swear if you redirect this one more time, I will dodgeball. hang up and block you from the show forever. Dodgeball. <laughs> All right, man. I'm not playing dodgeball with you. I said something. You said I was wrong. We had to spend a minute backtracking for you to finally admit that I was actually correct. And now I'm, I'm betting in a couple seconds you're going to come back and make another assertion about relativism. Let me put it to you simply. You have no foundation for your beliefs. I am offering a foundation in reality, one that is demonstrable, one that is based on evidence, one that we can both right. investigate and explore 
And even if you, even if, I swear you're done, bye. Even if you want, you're objecting to moral relativism. There are plenty of atheists who, by the way, are moral relativists. I know quite a few of them. We disagree. We have amazing arguments and discussion. None of them are nearly so frustrating as trying to talk to people who make appeals to faith and think that they're correct because God told them so, which is basically what John is saying. Instead, we are human beings stuck in a universe. We are operating according to the rules of that universe. And just as, this, just as there are truths to be discovered about physical reality, which is also part of morality, mental effects, which is also a part of morality, there are truths to be discovered about social, uh, social situations, personal interactions, relationships, all of those things. To say otherwise is to appeal to magic. It's to invent a, a layer that doesn't exist for which we have no reason to think it exists. And whether you want to, you know, if you're going to object to moral views, try to at least, you know, not present them as something they're not. Don't just assert that somebody's a moral relativist just because they're talking about evaluating evidence. Because basically what you're trying to do there, John, is say, hey, you don't have a solution for hard solipsism. For all you know, you could be the only brain. And then now it really is only your opinion. So it's all subjective. <laughs> well, you're right. We don't actually have a solution to hard solipsism. And it doesn't matter one bit. Because I'm stuck interacting in a reality where, as far as I can tell, I'm real and you're real. Otherwise, I'm a really sick and twisted individual who likes to call myself on the phone and say stupid things and pretend that my position is something other than it actually is. Uh, and that's that's a really scary prospect that you know I could I be that crazy. You know I consider these moral arguments with, uh, with Christians to be a massive waste of time anyway? Because after going through all of that rigmarole and dodging answers and circle, you know, and, and just spinning around in this kind of rhetorical cul-de-sac where no one's getting anywhere, at the end of the day, most of the time, these are the same people who will look at you and say, well, salvation is by faith and not works anyway. Yeah, and addition. So it's like, well, why does it matter? Why is morality even part of the Christian way of thinking if, if salvation simply comes down to faith and no works that you perform uh, have a bearing on it? Yeah. It, it, it's also, you know, at the end of the day, when, when you say, mm-hmm. okay, let's compare our moral positions. Mm-hmm. Um, set aside the basis for the moral positions, let's just actually compare them and go down the line and see which of our views, the humanistic view, Mm -hmm. would produce a better world. One that is less divisive or more divisive. Well, Mm -hmm. I think we already know that one. One that is more in tune with the needs of human beings here and now, or one that has the entire existence on the planet being nothing more than a temporary place to wipe your feet until you get to go to the permanent happy land, that everything of this world is like dirty rags. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the values within your religion. Uh, Now, maybe God didn't write that part on your heart. Uh, but that's the other thing I didn't get to mention, John, is uh, yeah. God wrote something on his heart, and he wrote something different on somebody else's heart, yeah. evidently. Talk about your moral relativism. Yeah, just, uh, I just, it's, it's really ironic, because just before driving down to the studio today, I posted a frame grab uh, of a Twitter exchange that I had uh, with a Christian uh, who you know, asserted very, very bluntly that if he could confirm that he had a command from God and that God was telling him to kill, he would do it. But he would have to confirm it, but he would do it. Yeah, it's now, this is the problem with having you know, a, a moral sense that really is nothing but obedience to authority. Obedience to, there's no morality in just blind obedience to authority. Uh, and yet, it's, it's, the most, it's the Christians who will argue most fervently it's an admission. that Sorry, go ahead. Christian morality is the only valid sense, who, 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 who are that way, who act that way. It's, it's disturbing. So. It's a bit of an admission, in my yeah. opinion. 
that they don't actually believe the things they profess that they believe. Mm-hmm. This, oh, I could, if I could actually confirm that it was a... Because yeah. they know. Yes, they're ne- they know they're right. never going to have to confirm that. With yeah. God. But it's, it also an, it's also an admission that they know already that being commanded to kill is morally wrong. Yes. Right? Yeah. But, and the thing to do is, at that point, is say, well, you, <laughs> this authority figure, maybe I shouldn't trust this authority figure. What happens yeah. in their brain is, yeah. I know it's wrong to, to kill your kids, and, and if somebody gave you a command to kill your kids, oh, that would be wrong, but I, I can't, I better say that if it comes, if I'm sure it comes from God, because they're getting ready to throw Abraham and Isaac in my face, yes. and you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a lot easier than that. And mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, I, I just went through this ExploreGod.com initiative here yeah. in Austin yeah. over five weeks. Uh, met some great people, had great interactions, had some great arguments and uh, discussions. Uh, it was great. But one of the things that was painfully aware to me is if I had a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. and the somebody was real, Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what they think about something. I would ask them. I would not put together mm-hmm. small groups of collections of my friends to sit around in a circle pontificating about what we think this person that we all think we have a relationship with thinks. Mm-hmm. Now, what a, it, it's an admission that there's a massive failure of communication between them and their God at a minimum. That they have to sit around and say, well, I think God works like this. Well, I think God works like this. Well, if God's real and actually works at all, mm-hmm. we don't need to sit around and offer our opinions. We can actually investigate right. this. Uh, unfortunately, and the one source those things where, aren't true. Yeah, and the one source where they say God does that very thing, he tells us he lays his plan right out for us, is a book called the Bible, which everybody interprets. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole field called theology where one says, oh, well, God really means this. Well, I think God actually means this, but if you interpret it this way, what God's really saying is this other thing. But actually, if you go through this kind of interpretation that I found in some obscure 16th century tome, uh, what God really means is X, Y, and Z. So, yeah. All right, so let's, let's move on let's and take move another on. call here. Yeah. we got Seth in Seattle. Welcome back. Thank you for waiting, Seth. Hello. Um, okay, so I was going to talk to you guys about uh, evidence and miracles and for the Christian faith and that kind of thing. Can I take a different tack and kind of hitch on to the previous discussion? I think I might be able to help clarify a few things. I guess so. I'd actually rather move on to the questions about miracles, but if you keep it short and it's actually productive, <laughs> I'm in favor. Okay. I'll do my best. If you, if you don't like what I have to say, I can move on to miracles. Okay. So uh, I think Martin hit on something really good when he said, okay, if you look at Here's how you deal with moral standards. You look at different situations. I think you said, you know, kids going on a merry-go-round or an act of murder. You know, moral standards are what you use to determine, okay, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? You did say that, right? Well, I said that we are capable, as thinking beings, of making those assessments. And what what it comes down to in a lot of ways is... I think there's the general, for one thing, there's the general precept behind the golden rule, which, you know, Confucius thought of 500 years Mm -hmm. before Jesus' time. But the point, but the general principle is, you know, if you would not appreciate somebody hurting you, then it's rather simple if we are empathic human beings, and and I think it is largely part of our nature to be empathic, um, Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion, gosh, if I'm punched in the face and it hurts me, then it probably will hurt the other person if I do that to them. Ergo, a good way to live is to not be going around punching each other in each other's faces. So it's a basic stuff, right? we 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 can understand because we can put ourselves in the shoes of whoever it is we're witnessing, whether someone having a good time or someone having a really horrible time. Right. Okay, here's where I think it would, uh, the, the disconnect was. 
Okay, so I'm a you know I'm a Christian theist. I look at situations and I do my best to determine whether it's right or wrong. But there's a difference between having a feeling that something is right or wrong and being able to account objectively for whether it's right or wrong. So, for example, one of the things that you know if I witness an act of, for example, cannibalism, and but I also witness an act of, you know, like the example you gave, children on the merry-go-round. I look at the children on the merry-go-round, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Nothing bad is happening. I look at the act of cannibalism as an act of murder. But if, for example, I believe that there was no God and man is just an evolved animal, I could just look at the act of cannibalism and say, uh, survival of the fittest, I guess. So you don't think that man is just an evolved animal? I do not. Okay, because okay. we're, we're animals, right? Uh we are, you'd, you'd have to be more specific in, in the sense that we're mere animals. I don't think we are merely animals. I okay. think the difference between man and animals get, get, is that get we're, rid, we're get, made in the image of God. Get rid, yeah. of the, get rid of the mere. We're animals. And, and I, I thought that you accepted that we've evolved. No. I'm sorry. I think I, this is going to get into a red herring if, well, if we get into the evolution question. I, 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 would, I would be more interested, if that's okay with you, Matt, in just... In, in just Asking why, if God isn't brought into the equation, then suddenly there can be rationalizations for cannibalism or for some <clears> other <throat> thing that would be ordinarily horrible. Because I don't necessarily see God as being like the separator there. Um, there because there are, but de- depending on the God you worship, there could be gods you worship who are <laughs> cannibal gods, right? We've right, all seen those yeah, movies. It, it does um, depend on the God you worship. Yeah, the, the but the point. So the is so the, the the God of the Bible. I mean, so that's why I condemn cannibalism. Well, okay, but if you don't, yeah. Look, let's look at cannibalism. Okay, what, I mean, on the one what? hand, it's it's a ghastly thing, right? But on the yeah, other hand, this is you know, so frustrating. It is. And, but, but I don't the, know the why point, we're talking about cannibalism and you're likening it to murder when cannibalism and murder are two separate things. You could eat somebody who was already How dead. How do you know that? Yeah, because you could eat somebody who's already dead if you'd let me finish the sentence. Yeah. Um. So why don't we just stick with murder? Rather than cannibalism. Okay. That's, uh, I mean, I'm trying here. to avoid the obvious silly fallacy. You do realize that, like, the Libertarian Party at one point had cannibalism, uh, voluntary cannibalism in their, <laughs> in their platform in some state. I think it was Texas. I don't know. Uh, yeah. but I'm just, I'm just trying to avoid this fallacy because you, you say, you say that you have to have a way to account for it. Well, right. saying that God doesn't like it doesn't in any way account for it. Well, if he exists, it means that we're not supposed to do it. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. <laughs> According to the Bible, it does. Uh, why should anybody care what the Bible says? You know, you're, there's, there's passages about cannibalism in the Bible, too. Well, if you're talking about, okay, yes, there are passages in which people disobey the command of God. I mean, there are examples of rape and murder in the Bible. Yeah, and some, of those, some of those are actually sanctioned. Uh, to give you an example, when, uh, I think it was, the uh, Benjamite Ehud assassinated the King Eglon. Yes, that was represented as a good act. So you have to look at commands like "do not murder" and look at them contextually. Ah, well, you have to look. So at do, does defined. your Bible does your Bible have specifics in it to address every possible situation that comes up, or are you then relying on your own interpretations about what you think this is? Well, the Mosaic Law is a case law system, so it doesn't detail every possible situation. It just gives. It just offers principles. So, if you come across uh, to, a, if you come across a situation that isn't in the Bible, how do you go about determining whether or not it's right or wrong? I apply the principles that I find in the case law system of the Bible. Okay, and so those case law systems. Um, why should anybody care about them? Why should we bother saying that these are the things that we should appeal to? Well, if the Bible is actually true, 
then it is infallible, and, we're, and all humans are required to, are obligated to follow Okay, it. so then you're back no. to taking uh, an authoritarianism. Hang on, hang on. Um, first of all, we know that the Bible's not entirely true, and it's not entirely accurate, and it does sanction things like slavery, which I would assume you, you think is immoral, right? Uh, depends on if you're talking about Hebraic slavery or Roman slavery, or I mean, <laughs> I'm talking. I'm, is it is it morally wrong to own another human being as property? Is it morally wrong to beat them? Is it morally wrong to pass them on to your children as property? You mean a highly evolved animal? What's wrong with that? I'm asking. I'm asking you if this is morally wrong or not. I would look at. I think that the Bible, uh, the. Um, yeah, we don't want to know what you think the Bible says. We want well, to know what no, you think. Hang on. Go yeah. ahead. It would take a while to go through all of this. Basically, It, I it doesn't take long at all. Read Exodus 21. The Bible explicitly sanctions those things. Right. And I think that if you look at the whole thing, the New Testament as well, what it, what it presents is that slavery... No, it doesn't. Inherently... Okay, can you let me finish, Matt? No, actually, because you kind of jumped by saying that the New Testament corrects this. And it doesn't. The New Testament does have passages about slavery. But what yes, it, presents, it says slaves obey your masters, even the cruel ones. It yes, no, at, no point, it, at no point, at no point. In Ephesians and Colossians, it does say that. At no but point, things, at no point does the Bible say, hey, that slavery thing, we got that wrong. It's immoral. What it does present, though, is that Paul does tell his slave, uh, the slaves that have slave masters in the churches, he tells them, obey your, your masters. And one of the other things he tells slaves is use whatever legitimate means necessary to obtain your freedom. So Paul sees a slavery as not ideal, and it should what be gotten rid of. It, what, what, what difference does that make? First of all, Paul is not God, and Paul is not saying that slavery is immoral. You, right. The, Bible, the Bible sanctions slavery explicitly and okay. never, your never condemns it. I'm, the Bible sanctions slavery explicitly and never condemns it. Matt, what is your problem with owning an evolved animal? I owned a cat. What's wrong with that? What's I, wrong with owning a cat that's highly I can't evolved? Seth, I'm not that. the one claiming that I'm appealing to the Bible for my morality and then shrugging it off when it's inconvenient. No, I'm not, I'm not shrugging it off. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm trying to give you an explanation of my view of, of slavery from the Bible. I'm asking you to do the same thing. According to you, humans are just evolved animals. What's wrong with owning a highly evolved animal? I don't wish to be owned, therefore I don't wish to own anyone else. Simple. Why should we listen to the golden rule? You adhere to it. Why should others? Well, it depends. Are you an empathic human being? Do you care? Do you actually care when someone else is hurt? And it's even more than yes, that. Yeah, it, okay, even... well then, then you, what, what more do you need than that basic ability? In addition, in addition to empathy, which Martin is right, should be enough, we actually know that... Owning slaves is not good for the slaves. It's not even okay. good for the slave owners. That a society that allows and permits the owning of other people as property and the treating of other people in this way is demonstrably worse off than one that prohibits it. Okay, that's that's your opinion, but that just because it's uh, pragmatically or it could be pragmatically bad. Yes, but it's my opinion. Bad, based like, it's Matt, my Matt, opinion. Do you have a problem with me owning a cat? It's, it's, it's my, it's my opinion. No, I have four cats. It's my opinion based on an evaluation of the actual evidence rather than I think I'm going to shrug off this part of the book that I say that I'm actually going to endorse in order to interpret this other passage 
to comport with what I already understand to be true about slavery. You have no foundation beyond your opinion about slavery, and yet you seem to want to criticize the fact that I have an opinion about it. Well, I'm doing my best to get my opinion from the Bible. I, well, and, 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 I, and I want to know why. I, I really do. I mean, since, especially since you, when it's wrong. But it, regardless, it's like if you are if when. To me, it just comes down to the basic question of, are you someone who is capable of caring about your others, about your fellow human beings? Do you care mm-hmm. when other people are, are being hurt? Do you care when other people are, are doing well in their lives? Are, are you able to be happy for folks? Are, are you able to be empathetic and desiring to help them when they are worse off, uh, if they're injured? Uh, you know, do, 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 can you just look at those situations, see what's right, see what's wrong? If, as you have just answered us, yes, you can do that, then why are these 3,000, 4,000-year-old mosaic laws necessary? Why, why is it necessary to go back to all of these ancient writings and case law and this and that? Why do you need to complicate something that really isn't this hard? I, I, it never ceases to baffle me why Christians want to make morality this thing that's really hard. Well, Martin, it goes back to what I, what I began with. I can look at a situation and have a feeling that it's bad, but I don't know whether it is or not. If I see, if I, no, let me, let me, let me, if I, if I, like, am, am on a, a sidewalk, and I see a dude shoot another dude in the brain with a big gun, and I see the guy, mm-hmm. if, and if I see, and I see the guy who's just been shot lying on the sidewalk with his brain spilling out and, and, right. you know, and life expiring from his body, I don't think I'm offering an opinion when I go, holy shit, that was horrible. That's not Isn't an that opinion. That's fittest? not an opinion. Okay, that was a it's demonstrably... No it's, no, it's not. For, no. Well, for, first of all, um, we're not making appeals to survival of the fittest as any sort of moral sense. And, uh, you know, the the kind of flawed, misrepresented concept of survival of the fittest has nothing to do with morality. Okay, so how do you determine whether it's morally wrong to do that? I look at it. I just offered you an explanation, and you wanted to write it off as opinion. I'm still trying to figure out how yours is anything more than just an opinion. I mean, you seem to be wanting to point and say, Mm -hmm. I know my position is not well grounded, but yours isn't well grounded either. I don't know what that gets us. Yeah, I mean, it's like, how, how do I arrive at the conclusion? Haven't you and I just agreed that it is possible to witness an event and make a judgment about whether or not it's right or wrong based upon our ability to empathize with that situation? Haven't you just agreed that that's possible? I didn't agree that it was based on my ability to empathize. Okay. I mean, I can look at two different situations, and I can think, oh, that guy just got shot in the head. That's murder. Well, depending on the context... Not even it that it's murder, that it was all just a horrible a act. Well, sorry, uh, say again? Whether, I'm uh, sorry, I, I shouldn't horrible have act. Horrible act is, we're talking about whether or not it's moral. All right. All yes, right. Uh, so, so you're into situational ethics, too. Congratulations, you've caught up. Well, I would say I'm, you have to look at situations, but you, uh, in order, I mean, you have to look at individual situations to determine whether they are moral or not, but you have to have an objective standard sure. to interpret that situation. Sure, and objective yes. standards are really trivially easy to come by. Life is generally preferable to death. Health is generally preferable to sickness. Pleasure is generally preferable to pain. Pain, these are general rules. They're not absolutes. They sometimes come in conflict. This is the way you build a moral system from the ground up, recognition of these things, because the people who think that death is preferable to life generally aren't around to participate in the process. And then you build you build a complicated set of moral views, moral values on those. And the value, the benefit of a secular moral system, which, by the way, is the only moral system 
uh, because religious moral systems aren't systems. They are pronouncements about morality. They do not give you the mechanisms by which, by which you can actually make the evaluations. They just give you the values. There's no way to correct the values, which is why this pronouncement about slavery is one that hasn't actually been corrected in your holy book, even though there's probably not very many Christians today, uh, not, there are probably a couple, but there's probably not very many who would actually argue that slavery, even as it's described in Exodus 21, is moral. Okay. Yeah. So, so do you think that slavery as it's described in Exodus 21 is morally correct? I think that slavery as it's described in the entire Bible is correct. Okay, then you're immoral. You, you are in favor of owning people's property, beating them no, as I long as they don't... No, I didn't say I was in favor of it. You just... Okay, uh, it's, you just no, said it was morally I, correct. I are you not... My view on it Seth, if, if, are, can, Seth, can you, can you Seth, are you not in favor of that which is morally correct? Yes, I am. And you just said this was morally correct. I think the Bible is morally correct on all of its pronouncements, yes. So then you're in favor of what the Bible actually advocates that is morally correct, Right. Right. So you're in favor of slavery as described in Exodus 21, right? I'm in favor of slavery. Okay, hold on. Can you just let me explain fully what I mean? I, I think Whoa. this was a really simple question. Okay, well, just, just give me a second and I'll do my best to explain. Slavery is sometimes not more than indentured servanthood. I don't I care. I don't care, Seth. I don't Matt, care. Matt. Seth, I do not can give... You, Seth, you know, I swear, please. Seth, I do not give a rat's ass about indentured servitude and the sloppy, stupid apologetics that try to do this. I'm talking about what the book actually says. I'm talking about slavery, owning people's property, beating them as long as they don't die. I am not talking about indentured servitude, which, by the way, I also think is immoral. But we're not talking about that, so please don't misdirect to it. I asked you what you thought about what the Bible says in Exodus 21, and now you're tap dancing. Okay, if you give, can you let me fully explain my position? Maybe, 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 and maybe not. It depends. Are you going to answer the question, or are you going to tap dance? Okay, I'm in favor of all of the moral pronouncements of Scripture. What I see, as far as slavery goes, is that... uh, I see Hebrew slavery is no more than indentured servanthood. Bye. Go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash sansdeity. I have a video up covering slavery. Also, you don't even have to do that. Just ignore me. I don't matter. Go read your damn book. It's not indentured servitude. It tells you to buy your slaves from the heathens around you. That's slave trade. That's not this person owes you money. They need to come work it off. This tired apologetic of trying to say, oh, slavery in the Bible is nothing like what your, your modern version looking at slavery in America has polluted your mind to what slavery was in the Bible. No, I don't ever even need to consider the atrocities that we committed in the United States of America by owning people's property and making them work. You could point to slaves who were very happy that they were in that condition. Doesn't change the fact. I can read the Bible Exodus 21, I can read what it says because it tells you right there exactly how to trick a fellow Jew into being a slave permanently instead of for just merely six years like it starts off saying. It specifically tells you to buy the slaves from the heathen around you, that they become in Deuteronomy, that they are your property and can Mm -hmm. be passed on to your children, that you can beat them as long as they don't die within a day or two. If you want to call that indentured servitude, you are bizarrely confused about what that book actually says. And if you want to say 
try to hold on to the Bible is absolutely correct and absolutely moral. And yes, I accept that what the Bible says about slavery is right. And then try to pull a tap dance about claiming that it's indentured servitude. You are either a liar or profoundly confused. In either case, we are done wasting time on this issue. Calling something by a different name doesn't really make it something else. It's not slavery. It's really happy, friendly, nice slavery. <laughs> yes, it says it's, you can it's own slavery them as property. Plus. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's slavery resist. plus yeah. plus. It's, it it yeah. says you can own them as property, but that's not always bad. I'm sure some people benefited yeah. from it. Wow. Hopefully today's show has been an exercise in exactly how difficult it is to pin people down on the subject of morality when they are appealing to a God that they have no demonstration even exists. Mm-hmm. And when, when you say that even if your God existed, I don't care about his opinion about morality. Morality, as the Euthyphro demonstrates, either transcends God, in which case God is just a messenger, Or if it's derived from God, then it is fiat declaration, and it is worse than any moral relativism you could possibly appeal to. Because what you're really saying is, hey, if God says it, it's moral. So if God tells you to slaughter your kid, that's moral. If God tells you to own slaves, it's moral. God tells you to run around with your band of heathens, or your band of, of, uh, of devout individuals, and slaughter all the heathens around you, and keep the virgin daughters for yourself, that's moral, because God says so. Well, screw that God and screw anybody who agrees with him because those things aren't moral. And I'm tired of living in a world where we stupidly sit by and allow people to pretend to have the moral high ground when they are advocating and making excuses for moral absurdities and atrocities. It is far past time that we end all of that. There's absolutely no reason in 2013 that we should continue to have arguments about what it explicitly says in the book. It actually, word for word, read it. And stop making excuses for it. We're out of time, actually. That oh, we- no, no, we have 40, 40 minutes, or 40 seconds, sorry. No, yeah. there's, there's the credits. Very well. My fellow evolved paramecium. Yes, we're evolved animals, and we're so horribly immoral that we don't agree with your God that says enslave people and murder (laughs) them and keep the virgins for yourselves, and you women better shut your holes. Piss off. Well, see you next week. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.